1: It is actually Friday. We usually do this on Thursdays but today is a special occasion. I don't know why but it's on Friday. Maybe Laika can tell us. Laika. Hello Laika. Hi Stevie. What's going on? Why is it on Friday?
0: Um. Well I've got I don't know. Um, I think it's the availability. That's why.
1: Okay. <laughs> so. So of course, Leica is our clubhouse manager, and today uh, we have with us our. This is where our Italian wine ambassador can choose their favorite, brown wine producer, and they do more like a fireside chat. The guest and today, let me just introduce you first. Our mod from our mod squad. His name is pablo ciao pablo ciao stevie ciao pablo i'm very happy to have is this your first clubhouse
2: no no actually it's the second one. oh it's the
1: second one who did you do first time
2: it was with uh, angelo from Varvalioni.
1: oh with... yes yes you're right so pablo fernandez is from brazil and i'm pretty excited because this is actually how we met originally right pablo
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah, he was here. Yeah. And he has since been um, stalking us, one of our favorite stalkers on Clubhouse. (laughs) And he decided to join us um, at Italian um, Wine School, which we run. It's called Vinitoli International Academy to become an Italian wine ambassador. He actually joined us on our satellite edition in London, 2022. Two, which is just last year, and then he came um, to Vinitaly this year, and we um, had a very good time. So and but you originally started in engineering, so you're an engineer, is that correct?
2: Yes, yes. My background is engineering.
1: Yeah. So and then he he got the wine bug, and now he is both uh, WSET level three Italian wine scholar, um, and of course the most important thing. Um, via Italian Wine Ambassador. Yes, yes. congratulations. So listen, and now it says like here, like I wrote that you're also, you've started the diploma certificate?
2: Yes, yes. How's in that the going? Oof, it's very demanding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You thought you thought Vinital International Academy was bad, right? It's tough too, oh, right?
2: Diploma. Both both are tough. Both are tough. Have you uh, done
1: your uh, D three yet?
2: No, I'm I'm setting up the D three now. Probably oh. between June and July of this year, and, and the, the exam next year.
1: Oh, too bad you're not around because I had started uh, the diploma, um, you know, studies, but I've only done one and two, so. They call the beast the D three world uh, world wines and uh, still wines, and I've not um, started that. I've kind of abandoned from uh, for about a couple of years now already. Listen, so Pablo, um, you are going to now interview Anderson Hernandez. Hernandez, is that correct?
2: Yes. And yes is, and is
1: Anderson with you?
2: No, no. Actually, he's in Italy. He lives in Italy.
1: Well, where is Anderson? Because I don't see him.
2: Yeah, we're trying to to put him <laughs> there <laughs> because the house changes the, yeah. the interface here yeah. is totally yeah. so different. He's here
1: now. Uh, he's okay, here. let me invite him. So, in the meantime, do you would you like to tell us why you've invited you've selected Ander- Anderson to be your um, interviewee today on the call today?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, well, On reason number one, and he's a Brazilian, make wine in Italy.
1: Oh, yes. uh, Fellow Brazilian, uh, yes.
2: Okay. Yes. And he's 100% involved in the process. So, and also I connected with Fernandes because. Uh, he shares a similar passion-driven approach to his wine project, which also happened to me. So the change in career in the middle, in you know, a midlife crisis. We discussed that here, <laughs> but not. He's not in a midlife crisis, of course. He has retired uh, football player, and I believe only he's a football passion.
1: player. You mean soccer? Yeah, he's
2: a he's a for soccer. Yes, 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 a very a very famous one in Italy, actually.
1: Oh, uh, okay, exciting. Yeah. So, yes. But he's now making wine in Italy. Is that correct?
2: Yes, oh, yes. Okay. All right. And his story is very interesting because he was a very successful football player. And he played in the biggest uh, Italian cl- clubs like Lazio, Internazionale, Juventus, mm-hmm. won the the, the the championship in Italy. And also here in Brazil, played at the World Cup, played at the Olympics. So a very successful football player. And usually you don't expect a football player to become a wine maker after a right. career. That what happened to him. So that was that caught my attention. And of course I met him in, in Italy that is last in Italy. So. Oh,
1: that's exciting because there was like yes. I went to this hall, there was a booth. Um, it was called the Champions <laughs> of Wine or Wine Champions or something. and but there were it was more like a celebrity wine. Club, you know, yeah. so that's something different. Whereas, um, he is actually making wine, Anderson, yes, he, very totally, good. He,
2: totally into
1: <laughs> okay, that's very, I'm very, um, looking forward to this conversation. So, what are the learning objectives? As you know, we get a little bit geeky around here. What should yeah. we expect from your call today?
2: Well, uh, learn more a little bit about the terroir of Moferrato and the native grapes that Cadeo Profeta uh, uh, produces their wines. also understand how someone so successful in their profession prior to wine and even being an idol in two countries like Brazil and Italy, uh, and both there have this, this connection, how this profession uh, can start a wine business on a small scale, completely motivated by passion, uh, also learn about the effect of or wine tourism, on the business of a small wine producer, mm-hmm. and also to show how good stories can help sell more bottles of wine, especially to those outside the the wine bubble. So that okay, is a- it
1: sounds like a perfect uh, wine marketing course as well. So I am looking <laughs> forward to this. I am going to now uh, leave you um, the entire floor to yourself and Anderson. And uh, you know the drill, I will probably be back towards the end of the transmission and see if there are any questions from the audience. Okay? Okay. Already over to you, Pablo.
2: Okay, I'm going to do a little introduction of Hernanes. Uh, Anderson Hernanes de Carvalho Andrade Lima, better known as Hernanes, or simply the prophet, was born in Recife, Pernambuco, Brazil, in 1985. A successful athlete with great skill, ball control, and a powerful shot with both his right and left legs, Hernanes played for various teams both in Brazil, São Paulo, Italy, Lazio, Internazionale, and Juventus, and even in China, as well as representing the Brazilian national team during the 2014 World Cup and also in the 2008 Summer Olympics. He won titles wherever he went, such as the Brazilian Championship twice with São Paulo, the Italian Championship with Juventus and Coppa d'Italia with both Lazio and Juventus. As for wine, Hernanes had no previous contact with it and was abstinent until 2010, when São Paulo sold him to Lazio in Italy. From there, a passion for wine completely took over Hernanes. When he moved to Internazionale di Milano in 2013-2014 season, the midfielder began to take his passion seriously. Things progressed even further between 2015 and 2016, when the Brazilian transferred to Juventus. Upon arriving in Torino, Hernanes visited several wine regions and became enchanted by Monferrato. At the time, he didn't own a house in Italy and thought it would be the perfect place to establish his residence. So he started looking for something there. During these searches, he found Cadel Profeta, which he purchased in 2015. In addition to the Cade de Profeta, Cadeo Profeta Winery, Hernanes also owns Cadeo Profeta Restaurante and Relays, a wine tourism destination and also a wine bistro in Turin called Luogo Divino. Hernanes, thank you very much for accepting my invite here and
3: welcome. It's a pleasure to be here with with you guys and to share a bit of my passion and my work now because as you guys said now I, I retired and I kind of 100% into the wine, and uh, it's very nice to be here and to share the stories and what makes me change life.
2: Thanks, Hernandez. So the first question is, how did your journey with wine begin? And what sparked your interest in it?
3: Yeah, you already said something, and um, it is very interesting because when I arrived here in Italy, almost 13 Years ago, I didn't drink wine at all, and I didn't know anything about it. And also, I had some prejudice based on my ignorance about the wine because I thought it was grape juice. (laughs) They add alcohol, and I and since I am, (laughs) yeah, I, I was completely ignorant about that. And uh, also because I am from Recife in Brazil and I was uh, drinking only uh, juice made of like natural fruits, you know. And then I when I heard, thought about that, I was like, no, I, I don't want to drink wine because they um, rain the, 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 the juice. Um, in some alcohol, and so I was completely ignorant. But when I arrived here in Italy, then um, the friends invited me their homes, restaurants, and uh, I couldn't find I, I couldn't find nice uh, juice. I started trying some wines, and then I got very curious about to, to understand more and more and was like uh, away without like no return. Then I was uh, uh, every, every year, every month, I get to know him more. And then when I arrived to Milan, uh, I came here in Montferrat in Langhe, the Barolo and Barbaresco and Barbera land. To make a visit, and when I arrived here, I saw the um, uh, these little hills, and then I fell in love with this um, landscape here, and I decided, oh my gosh, I want to have a farmhouse here, little uh, yard in the back. So I was, <laughs> I fell in love, first love, yeah, first sight love, yeah. then. Uh, And so, yeah, it was like this because when I and every time I was uh, going in a wine cellar to make a visit and I find a family of third, fourth, fifth generation, they were producing wine. I was like even more enchanted. And uh, these things was like just growing and growing. And yeah, here I am.
2: Interesting. So that's a good juice, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah it's it basically the same with like uh, a process more than <laughs> it's always that.
2: Yeah, no, mm-hmm.
3: no, I totally relate to that because
2: I think even uh, until 2010, I barely drink wine. Also, so it was something that is very recent in my life. Also, so uh, and suddenly you 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 start to understand that it's something that is uh, the culture, the story, and uh, very uh, human uh, thing. Wine, so that really uh, catch catches you in a way that you cannot escape after that. Yeah. So. How have your experiences traveling and playing football in Italy informed your understanding of wine culture? How how did the, that build uh, on you? Because, of course, it was after play, uh, going to Roma and to Lazio that you became a, a wine drinker. So
3: how, how these experiences uh, helped with that in Italy? Yeah, so I used to say that the, um, the football um, gave me the possibility to uh, to have access uh, to many things, and uh, and then it was nice because in here in Italy they are very passionate about football, you know. And then everywhere I try to go to visit a wine cellar, the biggest ones, the most important ones, to uh, those like not knowing uh, little one, they always. Like, had uh, doors open, you know? And then that was the beautiful thing that uh, was kind of easy to me to fall in love with this world, with with this culture, because always I found doors open, and then they were uh, literally teaching me uh, many things. I can tell you, for example, voercio is a great Barolo producer, and uh, he, like, produced Barolo for, like, 30 years, and uh, his Barolo is amazing, his Barbera is amazing. And then uh, he was teaching me how to to cut, how to plant, Uh, and I was, like, I got myself thinking, oh, my gosh, uh, why, you know, are you this guy teaching me those things that he took, uh, many years to, to learn and uh, so but that's the point about being football player in Italy because you have access and also um, uh, visiting this place and I like this for example when I was playing to, to Juventus I was t- training in the morning and then the afternoon I was like uh, have lunch had lunch in, in the club in training center and going to like to visit in a wine cellar in the afternoon, <laughs> so I was doing that many times, and uh, uh, that's how I like build my build up my wine make uh, wine lover uh, career.
2: That's great. That's great. Yeah, training in the morning and going to wineries in the afternoon. That's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when did you decide to start a winery and what motivated you to take that step which is a big one
3: yeah that's nice that's a nice question you know because okay so the first thing was that as I told you I fell in love with this uh, this area uh, Monferrato uh, hills and Lange hills they call it colinas and then the landscape and then I said I decided I have been here in Italy for five years and I didn't achieve any property to me. So it's take to take to, 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 uh, to make this decision. And I said to myself, okay, I decide to have a house here, a farmhouse with a little garden. And then when I arrived in this uh, particular place, I found the house that I was looking for, but then uh, I found a guy which was like third generation wine producer. And he had the um, vineyard, uh, bigger than what I was looking for. I, l- I looked for just a small yard, you no know, backyard, but then uh, he had like five hect- hectares uh, property. And then I said, ah, nice. At this time I was, I was already, yeah, totally merged to this culture gastronomic wine tourist and and then I, des- I decided to like okay nice I was looking for a farmhouse but then let's make also the wine and was in that moment but okay one thing is you say like mm, let's make the wine, but then I started building the agriturismo that we're going to talk a bit later. And, um, and then uh, I, I started, I took three years to build up everything, one year only for the permission to build because here is the UNESCO area and then you, you cannot like uh, build up the things that you want. You have to respect many rules. And I took, like, to complete all the process, four or five years, something like that. And then uh, when I arrived, arrived there, I said, oh, my gosh, what I have made here, you know? And then uh, I was asking myself, why, why, why? But sometimes when I I am, like, before of a glass of wine, and I a great wine, and then when I drink, I understand everything because those feelings that you feel how... Uh, when you uh, drink a very nice wine, then there was the, like that uh, momentum, that impulse that gave me to like just go deeper and don't look back, and then um, I like this because I, I mean, I want to transmit that that sensation, that those feelings that I am feeling when I drink a very nice wine.
2: So the wine is the
3: uh, is mm-hmm. the, the perfect
2: result of your passion. So you can uh, uh, transmit the message to people uh, by using the wine, like the, the wine you produce. So you can
3: uh, uh, transmit yeah yeah um, yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah because I mean when you think like okay it's totally different playing football and make wine okay yeah but then uh, when I was playing football I was trying to. Um, make score goals, make some dribbles, some things different, you know, to entertain people. And when you, uh, and it's the same thing that I I, I, I want to do now, so entertain people, bring joy, bring um, uh, some, how do you say, you know, this, those sparkles to people and that's the point.
2: Yeah, interesting. Because you you were a very talented uh, uh player for real like it was very nice to watch you play even if you're not rooting for sao paulo or other uh, uh teams it was very nice to watch you play like you're a very uh, uh, elegant and world-class player so so i i want to ask you uh, about this how does your passion for wine intertwine for love for football if at all like if you you just told me that that you wanted to to, to 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 show people the same thing that you you when you were playing in the field like the the, the the beauty of the game like you want to 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 pass people the beauty of the wine maybe so
3: yeah exactly exactly and uh, as i said you no know, um because when i was outside of this world uh, when you heard when i was hearing something about wines all those yeah, complex words and techniques and all those things. I was just thinking, like, um, oh, mm, uh, <laughs> those things is no, it's just for you know, uh, marketing. But then uh, now I have, I had, and I have access to, as I said, to visit the most important wine sellers in the world uh, in Italy, in France and those things, and then you can perceive the difference of the, the things, the, uh, the history of those wine sellers, of those products, and then uh, I feel like, okay, I can uh, make people also uh, introduce people to those things, uh, and uh And that's the point also. Uh, Also because, as you mentioned, I have a restaurant. Then we make some lunches that I open bottles uh, just like I feel like open a nice bottle that moment for my clients that now they became kind of friends because they came constantly. And then I said, okay, now let's open this this bottle. It's by me. And uh, so just because... Uh, the bottle. Uh, we have to open it, and, and that's it. That, that, that's the point. To uh, because I I, I I hate and I don't like exclusion. You know, and I am like inclusion person, and I I use that to uh, in the in the wine's world.
2: Okay. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the the winery. So, what's the story behind the name Cadel Profeta, and its, its significance to you?
3: Yeah, because I mean, it was my my nickname in football, and as I said, when I started um, playing here in Italy, they already know me by this name because uh, this nickname was given to me in Brazil, and I arrived here. They already know me, and uh, all my career they were calling me like this and in the beginning I was looking for just a house, a farmhouse and then um, that's "ca" is abbreviation of Casa, what means house in, mm-hmm. uh, in Italy, you know and then Ka del Profeta means house of the prophet, you know and uh, that was the point because it must be my house my farmhouse then uh, i mean i think and in italy you can find a lot of cadel bosso camarcanda cadel Bio. so it's a like common name you know this abbreviation like ca uh, because before as we said they are very traditional and uh, uh, the wine cellars uh, the restaurant uh, before uh, to became a restaurant they were like just house um, Indeed, is like this because uh, the grandmother, if you go in the restaurant trattoria here, you can find a lot of grandmother that is in the kitchen cooking because it's a familiar uh, business, you know? And then that's why you can find a lot of car here. And I like, always you know, just uh, follow nice. the same, same tradition.
2: Okay. And how, how has your background as a professional athlete? A football player influenced your approach to managing your winery.
3: Actually, I, I have to say that my approach to to the wine changed uh, a little bit my way of to see uh, my work as a footballer. Oh, uh, okay. do you know, because yeah, because um, when I was playing, I always. Try to be like the best, the best of myself. Always to improve, but in football, um, sometimes you cannot uh, be very precise or scientific method because when you are in the pitch, you are uh, kind of uh, you use the um, the system, the brain in yourself that is like creative. That came to you in that moment. You have to take decision that I mean, you didn't think before, you 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 didn't plan, but just came to you in that moment, and that's the beauty of the game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes uh, I was very like uh, using only that system. But then when I arrived to uh, the wine cellars to make visitors, and then they were explaining me like uh, how precise was like the temperature to, to uh, get the fermentation to start the fermentation and then the, the pressure, uh, the pump to make the works in, in the in the cellar um, uh, so the the sugar grade, so everything was very controlled and I was like oh my gosh, but when you think like about grape is just like a fruit is nature's product and you think that uh, that's it but okay but they use a lot of like scientific uh, stuff precision and those things and I tr- and my approach to the um, uh, to football to football uh, changed a bit I was like trying to be and uh, try to re- research on myself how I could get more uh, rational and less like creative, emotional, you know, and that's helped me. But then, my approach to the wine is just that. I I, I have my ideas very clear, and I get to improve every year uh, to improve the quality of the wine because I I play I play just for for quality. And when I not find that thing that I want, I will not stop research you know because quality for me is the best thing i mean i don't i don't work for i don't search quantity just quality and i i can give everything to find that thing then i i, I think like that it's the same approach in football is my now and the wine
2: nice nice uh, a curiosity how do you manage the expectations that come with being a famous now retired football player turned the wine a winemaker
3: Actually, as I was, uh, you see, like, uh, same approach. So uh, I don't care because, as I said before, I, yeah. I had my ideas clear. And then because um, it's like um, double-cut knife being famous, you know, because mm-hmm. they think, ah, okay, it's, it's easy for you because you are known, then people will, like, um, buy your wine and those things, but uh, there is also the other part that they think, oh, you were a soccer player, why, what do you want now being a wine producer? Then you you have like two things, you know, that uh, for, for people, uh, that's the point, the people that was, that were following me uh, like a football player, in general, they are not interested in wine. And people that are interested in wine, they don't care about you being a football player, famous or not. They want to uh, to deal with a, a good wine, and that's the point. So sometimes I think myself, um, I I get myself thinking how to deconstruct, uh, how to say, to destroy the image of a football footballer to build up the image of uh, a winemaker so uh but then as i said i don't think more i don't care much about what uh, other the expectation of the other people because i know what um i i want to achieve and then uh of course the nice and positive feedback is nice to hear negative feedbacks is uh, important to learn but as i said before (laughs) since i had main experience i had the ideas mm, clear ideas then i i know so the direction uh, that i want to go and i keep going i keep going and i know when i arrive there people uh, will be like satisfied with the product, because, uh, as I said, we search, we play for quality.
2: Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And what are the most rewarding and challenging aspects of being a winery owner, especially being from outside Italy? Of course, you are famous and you are an idol in Juventus. That helped a lot. But still, uh, what is the, 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 the challenges and also the rewards?
3: Yeah, something. the challenge. Yeah, the challenging is that because some people they are like kind of avoiding, you know, because they think, oh, this was ex-player, uh, so I uh, his wine must be like expensive. So those things. So, uh, and then that is the challenging part that you have to deal. With, have to show them that okay, you know, I was a footballer now I'm doing something else and um, then it's a the challenging part and uh, the rewarding is like deal, dealing with people I I love that and before I I was dealing with people but from a, from a distance because I was in the pitch they were like in the tribune and then we didn't have like um, many like you know Contact now. I am dealing uh, daily with people, and it's very nice um, dealing with people. When when people are going uh, like yesterday, I was in the restaurant, and I had guests from America, from Florida, and then they um, ate, drinking my wine, and then they are like, "Oh, very good, very nice." So, and then they are going, uh, going away, like satisfied. And then that's the, uh, the rewarding part that people just, um, experience a nice moment, a nice experience, a nice vacation. So um, nice moment.
2: Yeah. That's very rewarding. Like having people at your home and they are having a great time. So uh, very, yeah. uh... Forgettable moment. It, that's that's the thing that's uh, worth in life, actually, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your wines. So uh, what unique characteristics those terroir of uh, uh, Montaldo Escarampe bring to your wines, and which grapes do you have in your wines, and let's talk a little bit about them.
3: Yeah, we had we had three grapes in our planted: uh, Grignolino, Barbera, and Braqueto. Uh, they are autochthon grapes very like uh, from here from Monferrato and they have um, the best um, how do you say they, they, they show up the the best qualities here in this territory uh, for example Grignolino and because uh, the terroir is um uh, we, we found a lot of um, calcium carbonate, calcareous, and, um, and we, ha- we have a lot of, like, uh, acidity present in the wines, also the tannins. And, for example, when you take Grignolino, uh, it's, like, a very light uh, r- red wine. It's only 13% of alcohol. And the tannin, you feel that you are Monferrato uh, in Piemonte because it's uh, present present in the in the wine, even though uh, the um, maturation, the the, um, the aging is only in the steel, in the bottles, but you still you can feel the tannins that is characteristic of the of Piemonte. Uh, And then you can find the Barbera, which is like um, completely different because it's strong wine, full-body wine, and we make two different ways, only in steel, and for Piedmontese people, they prefer more uh, this Barbera made in steel because you can feel more the fruit uh, and because Barbera is known by fruit, uh, intense fruit and acidity. Uh, But then we also make uh, a part in the barracks. We age in the barracks um, like this. We can um, we can get this part of the international clients, international people, who, who which like um, uh, this wood uh, vanilla taste. Uh, this is more complex, you know and uh, and the bracketo is the dessert wine that he, uh, is very fresh and you can pair it with um, a nice dessert based on fruits also chocolates um, and we try to make balanced wines even though we had this we have this characteristic the tannin the acidity we we try to balance the fruits with the acidity with the the tannin uh, because as you as you mentioned a word uh, talking about me when i was playing that i was elegant and i uh, i try to to make the same that the wines can be elegant it means balanced
2: these are wines that are very uh, food-driven, right? Because the excellent pairing for lunch for for cena. So, what's your favorite wine and food pairings in your 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 restaurant?
3: Um, so uh, we have uh, gnocchetti, gnocchi, gnocchi uh, of beet beetroot gnocchi uh on top we have this uh banha cauda banha cauda cream foam uh, no. that banha cauda is a typical dish from piemonte it's made with a lot of garlic and a lot of uh acciuga is um kind of or something like that i don't i don't know the, the word in english for acciuga but, I mean, it's uh, those little fish, you know, little fish with um, uh, a lot of garlic. But, as I said, we try always to make the is balanced. And then this dish is very nice um, because we can find this beetroot gnocchi, not potato gnocchi, and this form of boña on top. And, um, I mean, since I'm also working in the restaurant as a sommelier, and I, before oh. I was serving, yeah, yeah, uh, because, uh, yeah, I love it. You can do the whole you know thing. That. so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, for now, because our familiar last year, uh, he he has gone, and then it's very hard to find so people to work now in Italy. Then I said, so, okay. Uh, Let's do that. But I mean, and then, yeah, and then I was like pairing this dish with a red wine, red light wine. I mean, not strong wine. But then I found like um, uh, a Chardonnay from Bourgogne, not so young, not so uh, old, something like four years uh, four years old age and then, I mean, the, the pairing is just fantastic, I mean, it's the best pairing I I I, I ever ate and I am very happy with this with this combination because one thing, so it's very uh, coherent with another thing, the dish and the wine and uh, it's very nice. And also Siloin uh, with uh, our Barbera Barbera that Superiore, so it's also a nice but more like classic uh pairing you know but the first one that i said is just i mean just i love it
2: nice i asked you that because it's lunch time here in brazil i didn't have my lunch (laughs) (laughs) i just had to ask so uh, you uh, good point about you being a sommelier at your restaurant so what do you hope people take away from their experience at cadeo profeta whether they are tasting your wines, or dining at your restaurant, or staying at your agriturismo? Uh,
3: Possibly the whole package, you know, like, um, as I mentioned, those American couple, they were like, drink my wine, uh, eating the restaurant, Uh, they were sleeping close by, they came like walking, and uh, uh, one one piece uh, left, you know. And but I mean the whole the whole package. It's it, I mean the, um, what I I look for because that was I was doing when before starting that. You know. Also that's why I am now proposing those uh, those services because I was looking for places like you could eat very well and then drink very well and then uh, dinner time get late then so before uh, go back home uh, we we were sleeping uh, over there so that's like the complete experience that you can, can find
0: Italian wine podcast brought to you by mama jumbo shrimp
2: yeah, and the place is stunning. Like I, 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 never been to Monferrato. I have to go there visit you actually, and yeah. the place is amazing. Like so beautiful. No, no and I, I, no wonder that you bought your yeah. your winery there because it's very, very. You, you fall
3: in love with the place. There's no, no doubt. Yeah, of course. In fact, indeed, some people ask, "How come you like travel the whole world? Why?" Mon Ferrat, why montal de Scarambi, you know and I say like but look outside just just take a look and I mean no no words is required <laughs> just look uh, it's beautiful I mean i for me it's beautiful
2: yes, and how do you see the future of your venture both in terms of wine making and wine tourism
3: um so I I plan to be one of the best destination here in, uh, um, in Monferrato because of the great quality of the um, of the um, of the food and um, uh, and also because I have uh, excellent wine. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, it's not like kind of uh, proud or thing but when I was playing you know, I, I, I was uh, training and doing everything to be like the best and then the same thing here I want to make the best Barbera, the <laughs> Monferrato and uh, uh, so that that is my goal uh, and then I, I want to be like as I said best nation for food and also for wine that is my plan.
2: Nice, nice. Now, I want your advice. What advice do you have for other athletes or individuals considering a career in winemaking in, uh, in, uh, or starting their own winery?
3: So, I'm not a businessman. And then I cannot like say, oh, uh, make this because uh, uh, this is the number. Uh, that you will get. So no, I'm just, as I said, it's a stir of passion, you know. And I love food, I love wine, and I love uh, have a great time. And then, uh, so my advice is like, if you uh, uh, fall for um, uh, the territory, the story, and the um, gastronomic things then just go to it and give your best and um, also we are receiving a lot of foreign people from North uh, North Europe Uh, then they also came here and fell in love and they are uh, not maybe not uh, building wine cellar and restaurant but a lot of them they are uh, buying houses here, you know, farm houses here, and uh, so just because of, uh, as I said, when you find something that sparkles your eyes, then just go for it. Uh, that, that, that's my advice. I mean, not uh, if you want to play football and uh, you are in age, in an age that you can play, just go for it. So I mean, uh, just follow follow your heart that's my 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 advice it can be like not everyone can can do that i I am also aware of that not not uh, every people are lucky enough to follow their heart their, their passion but if you can go for it and invest and give all the energy all the intelligence that you have but you go for it that's my advice
2: yeah, I think following your passion, even in the hard times, uh, makes you stronger to move forward, I think. So, yeah, it's, a, it's good advice, I think. Uh, of course, uh, our, having a winery requires a lot of investment, not only with money, but with uh, effort, with uh, uh, mentally also, because you have to be there and it takes time to, to get your money back there. So, But still, follow your passion. I think it's a very nice advice. Uh, and my last question: uh, Can you share any? Of course, you are a very famous football player in Italy. So, can you share any interesting stories or anecdotes from your time visiting other wineries or learning about wine, or even your winery in Cado Profeta, with tifosi fan visiting uh, Cado Profeta?
3: Uh, no, I mean <laughs> I can say that it's nice when people. Uh, fans come from Rome, for example, to visit me. Uh, Latios fan, uh, of course, because they are from Rome, and uh, it's very nice uh, when I found I, I, when I meet Brazilian people. They are coming here, uh, and uh, the best the best ones is when people don't know that the restaurant, the, the wine. He, uh, is made by me, and then they arrived here, and so they have uh, the surprise. You know, oh, it's you! you know, so it's very nice. But uh, I remember uh, visiting one wine cellar. Um, uh, I took uh, a friend of mine, uh, at the time of Juventus, he was. Um, young, uh, five years younger than me and then he was starting his journey in you know, get to know wines uh, and also me was like in the beginning I uh, didn't know much and then we were in a Barolo um, wine cellar and then in the end we had the degustation and then in the end we started like asking, okay, let's pick up that, that bottle and also that and that, also that because we didn't, uh, we we didn't know the price uh, was like for us was not famous Barolo's house, you know, Barolo important wine, Barolo wine cellar, and we, we were thinking like, okay, the, the cost would be like okay, and then in the end that we took like main bottles, uh, and then the then the. Uh, the guy told us the price and we like almost like uh, fell <laughs> uh, because it was very very high price and then I, I felt like guilty because I was introducing him to this world you know and then uh, we got like he in the first beast he was spending a lot of money and I said look look, uh, I didn't know the price so if you want me to buy your wise no problem because you will uh, arrive home with this uh, Expensive bill. I don't want to uh, you to to fight with your wife and you know, so it's why my my responsibility. If you want to me to buy, so why? Was very nice and sometimes we, we remember that and that moment. Yeah, you, you got the wine bug
2: to other to other person. That's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, <like> a, <laughs> it's a very passionate world. Like it's not it's not hard to fall to fall in love for wine, especially if you are in. Going to the best wineries and drinking very good wine. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: (laughs) It's yeah. So,
2: oh, just just let. How many bottles do you produce, Hernanis, Now, now
3: around twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. Okay.
2: Okay. Mostly cellar door, or do you export? Also, you export to Brazil, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we we do so one third, uh, uh one third of um, the wine in Brazil, then in the other part to stay here and a, a bit in America as well.
2: Okay, okay, that's it, Stevie. We're here.
1: Okay, those are like your fans. So listen, I have a question. One simple question: Is your I'm I'm so sorry. I don't know who you are. I know nothing about soccer. Is your first (laughs) name Anderson or Hernandez?
3: So is uh, double name Anderson Hernandez, and then my third name is is, uh, the Carvalho and Radelino. Oh my goodness! All right, (laughs) yeah. So
1: your your name is both Anderson and Hernandez. Yeah. What What do your family call you?
3: Everybody calls me uh, uh, Hernanes.
1: Hernanes. Of course, your fans call you um, Profeta, from what I understand. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, Right? So what is your, um, are you still, you're producing four wines, 12,000 bottles. Are you planning to increase uh, the production side? Or are you quite happy with your production, four wines, four labels? Um, Is this kind of where you want to stay in terms of the wine business?
3: Yeah, good question. Actually, um, I don't want produce main type. Maybe, for example, now uh, three days ago, mm-hmm. we finished to plant Nebbiolo, and then I, um, uh, and then I, uh, when I start producing Nebbiolo, also a kind of uh, spumante uh then maybe i would still like spumante Naviolo, and all, uh uh only barbera for example no so three four wines i don't want to like we have um 10 types of wines uh, mm-hmm. 100, bottles, 100 bottles of bottles no i want to stay like small and as i said um, uh, quality and that's it i mean is is what i think now
1: Right. Because you, you started um, about 12 years ago. Your first, when was your first vintage?
3: Uh, 16.
1: So 16. So you've been doing this, you know, your first vintage was 16. So you've had, you know, six, seven vintages. And so f- as of now, you'd like to s- stay quite small. You service your um, restaurant, your hospitality, some wines in Brazil. You're quite happy with that. Right?
3: Yeah, 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 I would say, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, Hernandez, um, what is your typical day like? I mean, going from a footballer to, you know, winemaking. And how involved are you actually in the winemaking process? You said you just planted Nebbiolo, but like, how involved are you?
3: Okay, yeah. So, I have um, the ex owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is working with me because, as I said, he was like third-generation wine producer, and right. then uh, luckily we had like this uh, good imprint that we. He now is working with me, um, and then he is very smart expert. He knows everything about uh, planting, uh, producing all the you know the steps of the um, uh, of the chain, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, We have uh, the analogo as well. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, the other day I was in the the wine cellar talking with the anologo, tasting the wine, then say like, okay, let's this year, let's do less. Um, uh, How to say, um, because I learned everything in Italian. You can say in
1: Italian, it's okay.
3: Yeah, it's Travazo. Travazo is when you uh, like uh, the wine is in one uh, still uh, box, and then you have to make the um, to the other one, you no? Know? And then mm-hmm. you have to. Travas because of the sediments of the the wine mm-hmm. they stay on the bottom and then we have to, uh, to yeah, clean the wine when you're
1: racking the wine
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly right and sorry for my English is not plenty. no
1: it's okay but, it's uh-huh. also wine English is a completely a different language you know it's like learning yeah, yeah, exactly. another language mm-hmm. so that's fine. For example,
3: in Portuguese, I don't know how to explain because I, I learned, as I said everything in in Italian. Then it's also <laughs> difficult, difficult to me explain Portuguese. But yeah, and then uh, I I would say like let us touch as uh, as less as we can uh, in the wine this year. Let's like um, change the barriques now, big barrels, so we are just tasting, and he can understand what I'm like. Uh, researching that my wine will have, and he is like so, uh, change some things, little little things, um, to to arriving the in the aim that we have.
1: Okay, so you're quite involved in the winemaking. It's not just another celebrity wine, you know, like just giving your name. I know. Yeah. Right. yeah.
3: As you yeah, as you mentioned, as you mentioned before, those that. Uh, uh, manifestation in the in, in Italy uh, I know the guys and I know also the analogo that is doing that thing but as I said everything was born like like a, my farmhouse and then though is my farm is my house is my uh, then it's completely different I know I as I said I'm not a businessman no, it's not business it's just my passion and I I I want that bottle uh, will achieve the level that I want so uh, that that's it.
1: Excellent. Um, okay. So I think, listen, I think uh, we're going to close up because we're um, getting to the hour. Thank you so much, Renanes. Hope to meet you soon. How has been Italy for you?
3: It was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Was it your I, first time? I, I met Pablo. No, I second. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, uh, I met Pablo and also uh, other people um, like him and we are in contact now. So we are uh, working those things. So it was very nice. I, I I had a chance, opportunity to 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 try uh, all the pro- products, and so it was very nice.
1: So if we come to, um, you know, our audience, our um, classmates, our ambassadors, we come to visit you in Kadal, a profeta, will you be there physically, or um, you're just there sometimes?
3: No, no, I, I, I'm always here because I said now I'm also sommelier here, so I. Oh, okay. Really have, yeah. So <laughs> we we'll have, have a the
1: uh, profeta as the sommelier. You should just call yourself sommelier profeta. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> That's
1: a new career for you.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, we. We opened the restaurant from Thursday till Sunday uh, for the weekend, and uh, all these days I'm here. In, in, indeed, we are about to start the dinner uh, in half an hour, so. Uh, so you better get uh, your
1: your sommelier um, hat on. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, thank you so much for your time. Um, And you know, I'm going over your website right now, and I love the fact that your wines are very affordable. You're a superstar, but you make the wines affordable, and also your restaurant very approachable in terms of price and presentation. Thank you very much for sharing that with us, and hope to meet you one day.
3: Uh, Thank you. I'll be here waiting for you. Okay, fantastic.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Pablo, for bringing this fantastic guest. Laika, ciao, Laika, are you still on? Yes, I'm still here. Okay, what's going on next week?
0: Okay, next week, I'm still finalizing something with Michele Longari, but uh, it's going to be next week. So it's just confirming with the producer. But we have something for next, next week. So we've got Slawe Kaminski, Marco Biscardo from Inobis Company, and also the owner of Fosso Corno is actually visiting him in Poland. So they're going to do a clubhouse Fantastic.
1: I see Slovak in in our audience, as well (laughs) as to Kevin and Julie and Susan. Anna, hello, Andre and Charlotte and, of course, Cynthia. Listen, so we're going to sign off. Are we going back to our Thursday slot?
0: Yes, we'll be back on Thursdays.
1: That's good because it's Friday and no one's at the office. And I think I have to close up the office. Okay. <laughs> All ready. Ciao, ragazzi. Alla prossima. Ciao. Ciao.
2: Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sip
2: and spit. Once again, here we go. Swirl,
0: Swirl, sniff, sniff, sip, sniff. sniff. While you drink, don't forget these tasting tips. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.